how has the experience changed? You, you think, you know, whether it's the markets or other shows that you go to, have you seen a lot of evolution in this space? The one thing that I think the pandemic really showed is that in-person trade shows matter. It really does make a difference. And, and I can say about just about every event I've been at in the past year, and this includes primetime, people are so grateful to be back together. Human beings at heart are social animals. There's nothing that beats a one-on-one -on -one conversation, casual conversation. Welcome to the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. This week on the podcast, we've got uh, a couple of trade media individuals going back and forth, at least one person from the trade media currently, and one uh, that being myself from the past, my past experience of being in the trade media. And uh, anytime you get a couple of journalists at heart together, the conversation can go any kind of direction we want, but we tried to keep it on the rails and, and talking about you know the furniture industry and furniture retail. But uh, we had Bill McLaughlin, the editor-in-chief of Furniture Today, on the podcast. And uh, Bill was a recent guest at Primetime, uh, took part in a panel, led a panel, rather, of our members uh, as part of Mattress University, talking about mattress industry trends and uh, things that are going well for retailers and strategies and all that sort of good stuff. And um, it was actually Bill's first time at a prime time uh, as part of the the Furniture Today team and uh, got to chat about his experience down there, what that was like, and and then you know look ahead too as well to their own Furniture Today Leadership Conference later this year, the end of November, uh, the week after Thanksgiving uh, down there in Naples, Florida, and uh, talk about that event and everything that they got going on that they're preparing for. Uh, a really fantastic keynote that uh, you know I'll, I'll bury the lead on and let Bill tell us about um, to just all of the the great content that they've got lined up for that show and uh, in between as well, you know, talking about trends in retail and things that uh, he's that are working, some strategies, and uh, even some you know some of the, the market segments that are going well, uh, doing well right now, and um, just uh, some other outlooks on the industry. So it's always great, like I said at the top of here, you know, to to be able to talk to someone who has their finger on the pulse of an industry. And uh, in this case, you know, we're we're going to go ahead and dive into it now. This is Bill McLaughlin of Furniture Today here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and uh, real cool opportunity today. Today we um, are not too far. Well, I guess a little over a month at this point off of uh, Prime. It feels like yes. Some days it feels like yesterday. Other days it feels like it was half a half a year ago. But uh, Prime Time in Orlando, and uh, while we were there, we had the the chance to to have Bill McLaughlin, the editor in chief of Furniture Today there with us. And, and Bill, now you're taking some time and uh, chatting about Nationwide a little more here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. So appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Enjoyed prime time and uh, enjoy talking about it. We will definitely dive into that in a little bit, but I want to give you, you know, for our audience, our, our furniture and bedding dealers probably recognize the name, you know, as they're they're looking at this podcast and, and diving in with us. But for the rest of our members and, and listeners out there, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background and, uh, you know, path to be an editor in chief there at, at Furniture Today. Sure. Uh, well, I, I have been covering retail for about 30 years. So uh, I've been in uh, B2B media for since the late 1980s, right? There's give away my age, <laughs> uh, but I've always covered retail in one form or another. So for 20 years, it was, you know, big box retail and, and writing about the housewares, vacuum cleaners, frying pans, knives, that kind of stuff. 
Uh, and then about nine years ago, I got a call from Ray Allegreza, who was at that time the editor-in-chief of Furniture Today. And uh, he said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of retiring. Do you know anybody who would be interested in the job? And, you know, my first thought was, well, no, everybody I know is in the housewares business. And he was like, no, 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 dummy. I meant you. Are you interested? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, so Ray and I have known each other since the early 1990s. We worked together a couple other places. He's one of the, the best people um, I've ever known in the business, just really knows the business well, a great human being. I came down. Um, I met the Furniture Today team. I got to know the industry a little bit and I fell in love. It has just been um, just been a really, really great. This is eight years going on nine years. Uh, and the furniture industry people are just lovely. They're, they're just such giving uh, people. They, they're so willing to talk and excited to talk about the business. Uh, you know, what's what's really fun, too, is even in the, the time that I've been here, you notice people move around, but they don't leave the industry. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, it's one of those things. Once you're in, you stay in, right? The big name on your business card may change, but the business you're in stays the same. So um, it, it's a really great business. It's very personal, relationship oriented. Uh, so every time you go to markets, trade shows, whatever, it's kind of like a family reunion, right? You yep. always know familiar faces. You always go and see people, you know, it's a chance to catch up. Hey, how are the kids? Um, so it, yeah, it's a great business. The fun thing is too, I, and, and I, I, get a chance to talk about this every once in a while on this podcast, but that my background, you know, I don't have the, the length, um, you know, in the B2B trade media space, but I came from dealerscope, the, the CE retail side. So I, I know exactly how you're talking is exactly, you know, you're putting words to, um, you know, things that I know and, and what that space is like on the CE side of the business. And it's all the same, right? You know, whether it's the furniture industry appliances to CE, the, the names might change on, on the business card, but it, it always is like that cozy family. And, and, you know, I think you describe it perfectly that all those trade shows and conferences, which we didn't have for a while uh, there, you know, they are like those big, um, you know, family reunions and get get togethers. And it's always nice to be able to get back in front of, uh, you know, people and, and see them and, and just shake hands and, you know, see what's up. <laughs> my first beat was actually covering consumer electronics okay. and my first trade show was CES. Oh. <laughs> um, back, they threw you. Back when fax machines were a new thing. They right? threw you right into the fire then. Was it I mean that, that's got to be you, you've seen how that show has changed uh over the years. What what was it like back then? Well, there used to be two of them. Yep. There was summer a winter and, one yep. in uh, Las Vegas and then there was a summer one in Chicago. Um, you know, it at that time, right back in the late 80s, early 90s, companies would spend enormous amounts of money right on promotion and advertising it was video games were becoming popular you know nintendo would take an entire floor and set up ten thousand video games all over the place and there were athletes right every athlete was getting a video game john elway <laughs> herschel walker you know and so you would see you know i'm a sports sports yep. guy love sports growing up um for those of you who who ask i'm a Knicks, Mets, and Jets fan. Um, <laughs> one of the three might actually make a playoffs, which is rare. Uh, but, you know, for somebody who likes sports, to be around that kind of thing where you get to meet all of these folks that you, you know, you got to watch growing up, um, you know, take a picture, get an autograph, hear a story, 
that that was a fun business to cover. Well, that and just to flash forward to you know just a few years ago that now they're doing you know sports is still has a big part of that show and and there's a I think they take over the sands and there's like a an entire sports track of of things that go sports technology and stuff. But the first CES I went to, I, I'll never forget it. It was one of those sports events, but. They had the NBA on TNT crew, so Ernie Johnson, Shaq, and Barkley, and they're doing the show from CES, like one of their t- NBA on TNT Wednesday night, like as games are going on, The you think of the halftime show that they do, that was happening from CES, so sports still has a big uh, you know, thumbprint on uh, on what goes on there, and it's that's cool to see, just that you think of how it's evolved, and you know, all trade shows have evolved, so I, you know, kind of, you know, we'll talk about primetime in a second, but in your kind of history of covering the space, how, how has the experience changed? You, you think, um, you know, whether it's the markets or other shows that you go to, have you seen a lot of evolution in this space? Well, you know what for me was the biggest change? You know, going to CES, right? It's one large building, yeah. temporary <laughs> exhibits. Now yep. you come to the furniture industry and you go to High Point and, and that just makes any and every other trade show. I mean, I've covered trade shows in, Half a dozen countries around the world, there is nothing like High Point, North Carolina, right? It's two and a half square miles. It's, you know, 10-story buildings with showrooms from top to bottom. Um, You really need to have to be in shape. You need comfortable (laughs) shoes. We tell all of our rookie editors, don't buy new shoes. Break it in a good pair of shoes. Um, You know, trade shows, the one thing that I think the pandemic really showed is that in-person trade shows matter. Um, it really does make a difference. And, and I can say about just about every event I've been at in the past year, and this includes primetime, people are so grateful to be back together. I think we sometimes forget human beings um, at heart are social animals. They like to be around other human beings. And, you know, this is great talking on Zoom and it's nice. Technology gives us some opportunities, but there's nothing that beats a one-on-one conversation, casual conversation, right. um, whether that's in the office or whether that's at a trade show. And the furniture business and the mattress business in particular, it's a high touch and feel category. You, you want to sit on that sofa, right? You want to push on the mattress. You want to sit on it, see how it feels. Um, and, it, and it doesn't matter how much business gets transacted or how much people use the internet. There is still a certain and very significant portion of customers. They want to touch. They want to feel. They want to pick it up right? The material matters. Yep. So, um, I, you know, I think if anything, the pandemic has showed us that in person really, really does matter. And people like that. Right. And I mean, we even think you, you thought you talk about the shopping experience and I, there's data to back it up. I mean, you can look at how, yeah, e-commerce boomed during the pandemic because people were kind of forced to, you know, go that route in terms of shopping and things like that. But you look at I, we were just digging through some stats here not too long ago about the um, the percentage of retail total retail sales that were e-commerce and it's actually you know it, it has always been on the rise up, up until the last couple of quarters that percentage of you know re- total sales that are part of you know that are e-commerce um, you know of the of the whole pot has actually declined a couple you know maybe half percentage points here or there but it's never dipped down it's always been on an upwards trajectory. And that's because people are excited to get back out and shop in person. And, and especially in these categories, like you mentioned, the high touch categories and, um, you know, wanting to test out a piece of furniture. It's a big commitment to buy for, you know, you know, if you're going to make that kind of purchase. So uh, you're not going to want to n- not know what that feels like, that that chair feels like, that couch, that bed, that mattress, um, you know, before committing 
you know, that much money to, to a product. So to your point, that it is how it, it, it you need that in person, whether it's at, at a trade show or in a retail store. Yeah. And no, I think in the long, in the long run, you're going, going to see that um, commerce is going to be some combination, right? Because there, there is nothing as convenient as having the world book encyclopedia, every newspaper ad you've ever seen, every, every book ever written, right? Right there on your phone. <laughs> yep. I can find out more in five minutes today than I could have in six weeks of study. So it's changed the, the consumer's journey, the way that they shop, but it doesn't eliminate the value of the store. It doesn't eliminate that in-person experience. So it just it just changes it a little bit. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, talking about primetime and, and that in-person experience, you were in person with us in Orlando. And I know you, you had a quite the experience, you know, from being a, on a panel at, at part of the, uh, I think it was Mattress University or Furniture Forum, it one was, of the two. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just being able to kind of walk around the ex- expo hall and see what was going on. So kind of recap it for us. What was it like being there in Orlando with us? So, you know, we put on our, our conferences and events ourselves. So anytime I go, I go with two purposes, right? There's networking and education, but then there's also kind of looking and saying, oh, well, I like that idea or that idea. And, you know, th- there were some things that I thought um, Nationwide did really exceptionally well. And this is inside baseball. I'm not sure your audience really <laughs> cares about your signage. But the Gaylord in Orlando is a huge facility. It's really easy to get lost, but it was impossible not to know where nationwide was when you were in the building, right? And and I think people sometimes underestimate the importance of signage. Like go here, go there, go down this hallway. The other thing I thought that your team did exceptionally well was there were folks who are identified, right? Easy to recognize the nationwide team, their blue polo shirts. So I need help. Where am I? I'm lost. You know exactly who to ask. You go up and you ask, right? People were trained in advance. They knew how to answer the questions. All of those things that I, you know, I'm not sure people always weigh them, right? When you evaluate a conference after, you tend to think, was the content good? Did I meet some people I wanted? You don't necessarily think about the little, almost hidden details that just make your stay more pleasant, that just make it a, a less, and, and you know, it's funny, we talk about this in retail, eliminate friction, right? Anything that's a point of friction makes your customer less happy. And the same thing is true when you have an event. And I think that was, um, that was a really, really good thing that nation, the nationwide team did exceptionally well. No friction. The right? funny, the funny part is too. It's one of those things you mentioned that it, it may not get a light shined on it too often. It does though when it, it's the opposite, right? And you have that bad experience of, um, you know, you, you, the person that you asked didn't know the answer or the the checkout you know, process the, the card reader machine didn't work. And, you know, you want to go and talk about how they didn't make it easy to pay for the product. So it could have that opposite effect too, of, of the attention to details and stuff like that. But that's cool to hear, cool to hear, you know, that, that get called out. Um, talk about your panel. What, what was for those that weren't in attendance that, uh, didn't get to sit in and, and see what you talked about? What was the, uh, the topic and, and what was that conversation like? Well, uh, you know, it was Mattress University, right? So obviously we're talking about the buying and selling of mattresses. Um, and it was interesting to hear some of the stories of how the pandemic affected, um, you know, people's business, right? How you have to handle things differently in the store, how you have to be able to reach out to people outside the store. Um, as interestingly, I thought it was um, fascinating to talk about how supply chain issues have reshaped product assortments. There, there's a whole level of mattress, right? That yep. opening price point that's kind of been pushed a little bit out of the marketplace. And, 
And when I just want to, whenever I talk about a segment going away, I don't mean things disappear, right? A market is never monolithic. Any market is made up of various segments and those segments expand or contract as people move in and out of them. So I don't want to say opening price points have gone away. They haven't, but a, a much higher portion of the, the business seems to be pushing up into better price points, right? And I think that's a function of inflation, right? Costs are going up. Yep. Um, it's a function of, you know, financing and interest rates going up. So everything gets a little more expensive. Availability. I mean, we know that there were some uh, some issues around dumping in the mattress category, right? Out of, out of China and Vietnam. So, you know, all of that has served to push price points up, um, which I, candidly, I think that's good for the business. I have never been a proponent of, um, you know, opening, you know, just too much opening price point product. I think the furniture industry in particular has has a challenge in this and people use the, the term all the time, right? The race to the bottom. Right. Once upon a time, you could buy a $3.99 sofa. Today, you can still buy a $3.99 sofa. You can't name another another consumer product category where that's true. I, I mean, it just, it doesn't happen. You know, I can buy a bedroom suit of furniture for less than I can buy an iPhone. How does, <laughs> explain the logic, uh. right? Explain the value proposition to me. I understand what an iPhone does, but I mean, you're talking about something you're going to fill up your house for the next 20 years, right? Your phone's going to be obsoleted in 18 months. So, you know, I, anything that I think supports the value proposition of the furniture business of the mattress business, I, I'm, I'm very much in favor of that. It was interesting to hear the stories from the retailers themselves. Um, you, you know, <clears throat> closing rates, closing ratios. Right? Once upon a time, people would come, they would shop several stores, and that was their education journey, was the stores that they shopped. Now, and the retailers on the panel mentioned this, consumers often are more knowledgeable than the salesperson because they've already done their homework. They know the models that they want. They know the models they've rejected. They already have a very clear idea. So when they come in, they're not saying, I'm looking for a mattress. They're, looking, they're coming in saying, I want this brand. I want this firmness level. Can you show me you know, these price points? It's a different um, selling environment. And I think retailers have to be prepared and, you know, Bob Munkle, who was one of the speakers at the event, yep. he often talks about this. He calls it honoring the consumer's journey. And what he means by that is if the consumer already has knowledge, if they've already invested time, effort, and energy to gain that knowledge, to walk into your store, prepared to have a closing conversation, and you qualify them. Hi, Mr. Jones. Hi, Mrs. Jones. Can you tell me why you're here today? What can I show you? You've you're at a different part of the journey now, right? You've negated all of their hard work and you're wasting their time because they want to start that conversation six miles down the road and you're making them go back. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not where they want to be. So I think those things are important today in the selling. It's a very it's funny to think. About. I mean, I think it's again, one of those things you might take for granted. Just, you know, that they're coming in having done that research. So they, they're much for that. If they're coming to your store, there's a reason that they're there most likely at this point is that, you know, they've, they've searched around, they've, they've found the product or products that they want to see in person and, and kind of narrow down, or maybe they have that decision. Um, they're there, but they might be ready to buy. And it's just because you happen to have it. So knowing how to kind of approach the conversation, it's different of like, how can I help you? Uh, I, yeah, you're still kind of doing that at heart, but what specifically can I help you with, or what? What have you come in looking for uh, today, as opposed to trying to, you know, show them everything because they've seen probably they've seen everything. 
at that point. They're they're there and they're ready to kind of do business at that when they when they're in your store. Yep. So uh, it, I think that's that's important, right? It's a different qualifying conversation. It's you know what is it that you've been looking? Tell me a little bit about your shopping experience. Tell me where you are, right? It's not why are you here today? Right. Obviously they're here because they're thinking about buying a mattress and they're, you know, and again, that also reflects with performance metrics, right? If your close ratio was, I don't know, 20%, 15%, six or seven years ago, it might be 30 or 40 now because those people are coming in much more ready to buy. So it changes how you compensate or, or how you train your RSAs. It, it, you know, it changes your expectations um, it's, uh, it's a very different business. How about, I, I mean, the shopping experience is one thing where any other, you know, stories of challenges or, or things that you heard from our members, um, in Orlando that they're, they're having success with right now. Um, okay. Having success. Well, as I understand that attachment rates are up, um, consumers, you know, that, that interest in the home, people are, are looking to have not just a, uh, a minimalist experience, but what I will call an enhanced experience. Um, the retailers who I hear are most successful are not selling a mattress. And this is what I hear over and over and over again. You don't sell spec and tech, right? You're selling sleep. And so the people who are having the most success are the people who are having a conversation about what does it take? to give you a good night's sleep? What role does sleep play in the total context of your health story? Um, it's, you know, you don't have a conversation about coil count, right? <laughs> about foam density, about the different types of foam. That's not the conversation that you wanna have. Conversation you wanna have is how do you sleep at night, right? Tell me about your health regimen. Tell me about the things you do to improve the quality of your life. And now we, you know, we have products that can help you with that, right? You have trouble sleeping. Do you sleep hot? That's a conversation to have, right? It's a quality of life conversation. Um, and I did not invent the term spec and tech. I've heard Alan Vanderhaar from the Skellies <laughs> uses that. I've heard, you know, a bunch of different folks, right, in the industry use the term. But it's not a spec and tech conversation. Well, the, the other way to think about it, too, you, you kind of mentioned it's an experience talk, right? But it's also you, you kind of want to stroke that ego of the customer, right? You're, you're looking to find out about them and what their needs are. Whereas the spec and tech approach is kind of showing off what you know about a product and, and kind of showing your expertise. You're there. They, they know that you should, you're likely knowledgeable. Your RSAs are, are, you know, up to date and understand what's going on with the product. But really at the end of the day, the customer wants it to be about them. So they being able to kind of turn that conversation around and, and have it, you know, show that you're showing interest in them or, and what their needs are uh, is probably the better way to approach that conversation as opposed to trying to show off your own knowledge of, of what's available. Well, even think about your own experience on the consumer electronics side, yeah. right? It's features versus benefits. Yep. You know, I got a, a 10 inch subwoofer. Okay. Why, <laughs> why do I care? Right. Why is 10 inches better than three inches, four inches? Five, you know, what does the subwoofer do? Right. So it's not what, what the feature is, it's what the benefit is. And that's the same thing. Don't tell me how many coils it has, or, you know, don't tell me the density of the foam. What, what does that mean to me? Right. What's, what's the benefit? It's, it's just, and, and I think this is true of almost any sales situation that you're in. You don't sell features, you sell benefits. Sure. That's what a consumer cares about. How does it make my life 
Yeah. And you, you've mentioned the uh, the brand in passing, but I think the, the best brand example on the CE side and maybe all you know brands out there, Apple, and kind of how they sell their product, and it's the experience of using an iPhone. And, you know, they yeah, if you watch their events and if you're someone that, that tunes into those keynotes when they happen once a year for the iPhone and their other product launches and stuff, you probably care a little bit more about the 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 specs and, and, you know, everything that's inside and the, the GPUs and CPUs out there, but really what they they talk about that, but at the end of the day, all their commercials and things that you see and, and that sort of stuff is about how it improves your life to, to have this little device in your hand. Uh, well, it's getting bigger, but you know, the, the device in your hand that, uh, enables you to experience the world in a different way as they put it. So uh, that makes a, a ton of sense. Um, but it goes back to to what we were saying before about segments, right? Yeah. The annual at Apple meeting is for the early adopter. That's for the tech heads. That's for the folks who really care about all those details. But then when you look at the average commercial, let's let's take the the camera for example. They're not talking about how many they are. They're not talking about what they're doing is showing people having an enormous amount of fun taking pictures. And this device, right? The implication is, look. You could be healthy and active and taking great pictures and going fun places. You're not selling the camera, you're selling the lifestyle. Exactly. And it's no different with a bed, right? You're not selling me a piece of foam. At the end of the day, it is a rubber rectangle. And, and you know, excuse me, all of the magic <laughs> out there. I'm, I'm simplifying yep. for the purposes of making a point. But at the end of the day, it's a white rectangle or a gray rectangle, right? That, that in and of itself, is not something that that is inherently immediately recognizable as value. However, what that delivers to you, which is a great night's sleep, more energy when you get up with the kids in the morning, more energy to confront your day, right? I mean, we all are working harder today. I think people are probably doing more jobs. Everyone I talk to at every company, right? Everybody's wearing many hats, doing multiple jobs. Well, you need a good night's sleep to live through that day, right? To be your best self. And that's what that mattress delivers, right? How do you be your best self? Uh, that's awesome. Uh, well, kind of shifting gears away from our prime time to your own event. Um, you know, the leadership conference is coming up and I, I want to, rather than steal your thunder, I want to tee up to tell us all about it and, uh, you know, set the table for, for what to expect for those either considering or that have registered already uh, for what's going on down there in Naples, Florida, right? Naples, Florida. It's at a you know a little tiny hotel called the Ritz Carlton. Um, you know, the Motel Six wasn't available, so we had to take it you know, to the Ritz. Um, it, that's a popular spot. We've been there for a lot of years, uh, and and it's a fun event. This will only be our second time live since the pandemic. Last wow. year, um, we were in Orlando because the Ritz was undergoing some renovations. And uh, you, you want to talk about energy, boy, people were happy to be back together. We have kind of a, a fun uh, event this year. Our, our theme is called Stand Out. And the reason we picked that theme, our speaker um, is the owner of a minor league baseball team called the Savannah Bananas. And if you don't know, go on YouTube, right? Search Savannah Bananas. Um, basically, the, the gentleman bought a minor league baseball team basically bankrupt minor league baseball team was not successful. And he, he is reinventing the game. He's turned them into the Harlem Globetrotters of minor league baseball. And he's, and he, he's done it by giving, creating a show. One of the things about today's generation of baseball, baseball is, is a very um, agrarian game, right? Grew up in times when life was slower, played in a field, you standing outside that whole pace. 
Today's generation wants to move. Right? So these games, two hours. First pitch, start the clock. When two hours is up, game's over. There's, there's lots of fun. There's energy. Before the pitcher delivers a pitch, you may, may see the entire infield do the Macarena, and then the pitch comes. You'll see the catcher go between his legs, behind his back, and then down to second base. You know, it's, it's entertainment. The games are sold out. And when he starts talking about how he did these things and the things that he looked at, these are a lot of things that are relevant to today's furniture store, to today's furniture or mattress retailer. Because if you're just going to compete on price and convenience, then Amazon and Wayfair win. You have to deliver a great instant. People need to have a reason to come to the store. And it can't be just to transact. Because I, you know, nobody transacts easier and better than Amazon. If you're going to play that game, you lose every time. However, the experience of sitting on your phone is not the same as walking in and seeing a really fun, exciting store. And that's another piece. We have... Um, an immersion experience that we're going to unveil here. For those of you who have never seen uh, or who might have seen the Van Gogh exhibits yeah. that are going around the country, 360 degrees, we've found a company who's going to, to show one that could be executed in a retail store. So you'll see basic furniture and it will the environment around that furniture will change, the setting will change, and the furniture itself will change. Although... It, the furniture itself will be there, but the look, feel, texture will all change all through this kind of visual technology. So, you know, those are just a couple of things. And, and for those of you who want to hear from retailers, we will always have lots of retailers on our stage. Uh, we always have a retail leaders panel. We'll bring that back. So we'll have uh, some leading CEOs from, from some major furniture stores to talk about that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the economy because I know everybody is concerned right? What does inflation mean? Technically, right? The, the two metrics, right? They say two consecutive quarters, negative GDP. Well, we hit that, although I don't know yet technically if we're in a recession on it, but I know that that's a concern for people. So, you know, we've got someone to talk about the economy and kind of share insights on where we're headed. Um, and all of this is with the goal of helping retailers just be more effective in their business. A lot, lot to unpack there because it's a, it is a packed event. Um, but I, I want to start. You know, wh who's sort of the the target retailer for this to to attend a leadership guy? Is it anyone in the business? Is it owners only? Or in between? What kind of you know retailer do you guys typically draw to the leadership conference? Um, we we try to make it accessible and have content for retailers of all sizes. So I know there is this perception because you'll see a lot of top one hundred, right? Sure, larger. I mean, furniture stores are our primary audience, right? Um, so it is a furniture store event. It is targeted at folks who run, operate furniture stores. Um, I won't say it's entirely C-level, but it's largely C-level. So we get a lot of CEOs, presidents, senior executives, and owners. Um, we do get some top 100s, but we also get lots of smaller retailers, you know, one, two, three stores, um, sometimes individual stores, um, Right before the pandemic, we had a, a gentleman who operated one store in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, it was it was so fun. He got up on the stage. The first thing he said is, I've never been on the cover of Furniture Today. <laughs> I'm not the kind of person who and well, you know what? Now he's been on the cover of Furniture Today. Um, but, it, it, you know, it was a really valuable discussion. He talked about he draws a 50 mile circle around his store and he says, I want to own Right. I can't compete against Amazon. I can't compete against Raymore. I can't compete against. But inside this 50 mile radius, I'm going to own my market. 
and he does lots of interesting things. I, during prom time, he has um, prom dress fashion shows in his store. What does that have to do with furniture? Absolutely nothing. However, the people who are coming in are potential purchasers. He involves himself in the life of his community. And so, you know, we, we have retailers of all sides. Last year, we had a panel from three smaller retailers. I think the largest one owns two stores, right? So these were all one and two stores. And we talked about succession. These were all family-owned businesses. These were people who were bringing their children into the business in some cases. Uh, one of our speakers, Todd Lehman from Interiors Home in Pennsylvania, he has a combination of family members and non-family members. He has some young people who we've brought in. They want to be involved in the business. He's created, um, you know, a path to ownership for them. So, you know, we talk about issues that are relevant to all sizes of business with the key focus on furniture, right? Selling CE uh, all by itself, you're probably not going to find anything though. If on the other hand, you're selling appliances and furniture, we got your furniture side covered. We got your mattress side covered. Right. No, that's awesome. So that's and, that's it, really our focus. And I, I mean, covers a lot too. You, some really in, interesting and important topics, and uh, highlighted as you mentioned this year by by the the owner of the Savannah Bananas. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've been online. If you're someone that ventures onto social media occasionally, it's probably impossible that you haven't come across them from the flaming bats and like all of the themed things that they do. And I'm just waiting for some of their rules. Like I think each individual inning is a game like in, in the way they play it, like, and whoever wins the most innings over the course of that two hours is who wins it. Like that sort of stuff. It's just crazy to see how they've revolutionized and innovated the game. And I think that's to your point about, you know, what he might be able to bring to the table and, and impart on these furniture and mattress dealers that'll be there. Um, is just how to innovate and remain relevant and take something that I I love baseball, but something that is as you know just it's it's aged. <laughs> it's an aged sport that isn't really innovating, and they're trying things. You know, you see the couple of rule changes if you follow baseball that they've instituted for next year from like pitch clocks and you know the, banning the shift. I don't know what your opinion is on that, but it's happening. Uh, but you know, they're trying to innovate, but not at the level that. You know the that specific team in in Savannah is doing, and um, you know, it'll be cool to hear from him and, and some of the how he you know takes what he's done for baseball and and narrows it down to the furniture uh, you know retail industry. But I, I think he'll that, that's one I'm looking forward to to seeing for sure. Well, I think the most interesting thing and the most valuable lesson is probably the broadest, which is no sacred cows. Yeah. Right. Don't be afraid to reinvent your business. And, and that, that, you know, and we're, we're all subject to this. We all, why do we do that? Because that's the way we do it. Yep. That's the way we've always, and, and, and that's the first rule that, get, that he threw out, right? There is no, that's how we do it. It's what do we need to do to excite people, to make them want to come out, to make them come back. And I think that's a really important lesson for furniture and mattress stores. You need people to come back, right? I mean, this is not, we don't sell products um, that have a short shelf life. If you think about it, in the course of your entire life, maybe you'll buy five, six bedrooms. You know, if you think about you, you replace, let's say you replace your mattress every eight years, you buy your first mattress at 20 years old, do the math. Yeah. Right. That's, you know, six mattresses, seven mattresses. So, you, you know, you need to give people the reason to come back for other things. And you need to give them a reason to come into the store. Again, I'm, I said this before, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but 
if you play the transaction game, you lose, right? Amazon is the most convenient shopping environment that's possibly ever been invented. No, you know, they do everything but get inside my head and sell me <laughs> the thing that I think about. I mean, They're probably working on that as we speak. Frighteningly, you know? they might be. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but I, I think, you know, I, it's an incredible point and an important one. And I don't think whether you are repeating or not, it, it's important for a retailer to hear it. Uh, you know, more than once because it's true. And it's just, it's a different game that they're playing today than we were, um, not to keep making sports references here, but than they were, you know, years ago. But, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's something to, you know, th- that needs to be thought of now because they're, you know, not that time runs out or anything on you, but you, you, you can innovate at any point. You just have to make the decision to go do it. And um, sometimes maybe it's it's that keynote kick in the pants that gets someone to go do it, and uh, you know they'll have the chance to to dive into it down there in in Naples here, uh, November 29th to December first. Is that right? Twenty eighth so to it's, December first. The easiest way to remember it is the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday after Thanksgiving. Awesome. And for more info, uh, if people want to go register, they can just go right to. Do you have a specific URL? We'll drop everything in the info below. But just to get you to say leadershipcon.com. Leadershipcon, as in conference, leadershipcon.com is the website. You can go, you can register. And I do advise people, get your hotel right away because we do, our rooms fill up. um, And that's the first thing. We do have overflow hotels, but if you want to be at the main hotel, that's the first thing that happens is the room block fills up. Get in that Ritz. I, I imagine it'll fill up rather quickly down there. So especially if it's just been renovated, as you mentioned. So they got some new amenities to to uh, take advantage of. So get in there and and do that for sure. But uh, Mr. Naples Naples is not a horrible place to be. <laughs> no, especially yeah, right that time of year, right after Thanksgiving, kick back and uh, you know just go get some soak up the sun down there and while you while you sweat off that uh, the turkey weight <laughs> from the week before. So <laughs> no, good timing. We love it. So uh, Mr. McLaughlin, I, I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun chatting and, uh, you know, hope to, to do it again soon, maybe down there at the leadership conference, uh, maybe see, what, see what's up. So awesome. We appreciate it and, uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks Rob. It's great to be here. Awesome. And thanks again to Bill. Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, you know, like I said at the top, a couple of uh, journalists at heart uh, being able to chat about things they're seeing and, um, you know, pick each other's brains and, and share some, uh, you know, cool insights on, in this case, the the furniture and mattress industry. And uh, great to learn, too. Uh, you know, I think that's going to be a phenomenal keynote down there at their leadership conference. And uh, anytime, if you haven't seen anything on the Savannah Bananas, I, I implore you to go give them a look and see what they're doing to baseball and uh, how they're innovating the game because it's it's really uh, eye catching and and just awesome to see and um, like I said it'll be cool to see how he kind of focuses that in on and and imparts some knowledge on the furniture and mattress industry and, and the retailers that'll be there so um, but you know appreciate Bill taking the time and as always appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast and we will catch you next time.